the diamond, I The Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These are very glamorous, shiny, black shoes. Size 12, patent leather, very high heels. The sort of thing you'd want to wear if you wanted to look really glamorous on a night out. The name inside says Sexica, which perhaps gives you some clue to the, the raunchy nature of the shoes. These shoes belong to Tim Redfern. This is his story. My name is Tim Redfern, a.k.a. Timberlina, and I'm 42 years old. <laughs> I sort of have a little moment where I sort of zone in before one goes on stage. I think, really, as any kind of performer probably does, you know, anything can happen, right? So never say never. But then, of course, you know, Dr. Spotlight sort of takes care of that. As soon as you get onto the stage, everything sort of disappears and it all becomes a bit of a blur, a colourful blur of bingo. Thank you. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Big Bingo Show here live at the World Box World Tower on Monday! I host the Big Bingo Show at the RVT, uh, which is a bingo show, and it happens every Monday night, um, and there are three rounds played... Um, which usually each one sort of descends into various levels of chaos and shambolic hilarity. Okay, let's do an untimely number, your beauty hostess for the evening. Thank you. We pride ourselves in our incredibly crap prizes, a sort of mix of charity shops, pound shops, and sometimes, if you're lucky, a homemade item that I will have made at home in an environmentally friendly context. Look at the shit you could win this evening! Timberlina's drag persona for, for hosting bingo is, is very much a sort of um, authoritarian housewife uh, in a twin set um, and scarf. Uh, they may or may not be some pearls, uh, silk uh, polka dot shirt, navy skirt suit, the famous Henry Holland bingo tights, uh, and thoroughly heels, and also quite a large kind of bouffanted black hair, which is her natural hair colour, of course. I was really inspired by my mother putting on her makeup. When I was a kid, I used to watch my mum put her makeup on, and she used to do it really quite quickly. So I've always kind of uh, adopted this notion of, like, you know, putting on drag shouldn't take any more than 20 minutes. The perception of the audience to Timberlina is remarkably friendly, and I think possibly the beard is a great detractor from the notion that I'm trying to be a woman. And I don't ever think that Timberlina's really trying to be a woman. It's clearly a man in drag. Just have to just adjust my entire natural hair. Quite simply, it's, it's me in women's clothes and it's the character that comes out when I'm wearing 
these kind of fabrics, if you like. It's when the wig goes on, you have that transformation and the makeup goes on. And when I put the beauty spot on my cheek, it's like that part of the, the transition that really has an effect. It's very much what you might call an ex, uh, sort of an extension of myself in the sort of the, the, the feminine version of, of, of Tim, if you like. It's like, what would happen to Tim if he put on women's clothes? So that when I go out, I think that, you know, there is, there's, a, there's a confidence that exudes in that. I'm terribly good at walking in heels, which is great. So I sort of, you know, the, I think the, my favourite thing is sort of the confounding mess of, of uh, sort of side-straight men who really are quite sort of somehow charmed by Timberlina's presence, which is, which is great, you know. It's great that Timberlina has this really sort of like... Um, diffuses any kind of antagonism within the audience. Also, Timberlina's lifestyle and that which is projected is something which is very unlike most other drag queens. This this idea of the domicile, this idea of home and, and creating a home. And I think that when you're queer, especially, having a home in that very kind of s- straight, ordered sense is something which maybe a lot of people find hard to find. I was born in North Wales. I was raised in Essex. My parents split up when I was seven or eight. That had a huge effect on my life because it made me kind of realise that the whole idea of people getting married was entirely flawed. So I sort of took that on with a really kind of common sense approach from a very early age. Um, I was raised a Quaker, so I was raised in a very kind of liberal uh, and also environmentally friendly uh, and ecological and holistic way. And again, this was um, introduced to me at a really early age and I just sort of took it as really basic common sense. It, It sort of led me to kind of just look at the world and kind of go, oh my God, why can't we just like, you know, slow down a bit and, you know, create clean energy, clean power. So yeah, I, I sort of, I think I still very much listen to, to that kid that I was in terms of what the kind of original dreams were before the bubble burst, so to speak. Because um, clearly there was something really determined and kind of dream heartfelt there. And I sort of feel like I'm on my way to fulfilling those original aims of, of that seven-year-old kid, which kind of sounds a bit crazy and a bit of a cliche, but, you know, I think it's really important to embrace the kid that, that we were and, you know, remind ourselves that we kind of still carry a lot of that stuff around us. You know, we're, we're still very much that, that person. 61. I have a partner. We've been together for nearly 10 years. He has a very regular job um, and he sort of, he kind of likes it. I mean, you know, as anybody who has a sort of <clears throat> fairly high-powered sort of uh, office job, um, it has its good days and its bad days. I live a very hand-to-mouth existence and um, question the world constantly. Um, and he le- leads a very, um, well whatever the opposite of hand-to-mouth existence is, um, and is very risk-averse and very kind of, you know, thorough and in, 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 in rigorous in, in what he does. But, yeah, uh, you know, we, we like hanging out together. We like to cook. We like to watch movies. We like to, you know, walk around, walk, walk down to the beach or walk into the country or, you know, make chutneys and stuff. So, yeah, we do have quite a domestic life together.
I have to say, as I'm saying that, it's kind of making me wince. Eight and three, a bear with crabs, number 83. <laughs> As a performer, kind of, you're constantly reconciling your existence within achievement and, and failure, and what is it you're trying to prove, and who am I, what am I doing here? Uh, but also to have the conflict of suddenly finding yourself, you know, in your 30s or 40s, doing something which most people start doing in their late teens and early 20s, is something which does make me kind of question myself quite a lot, I suppose, in terms of, well, maybe I should be having a bit more of a more secure career. But then, you know, life is full of very insecure, uh, ad hoc, uh, serendipitous moments. And I would sooner live my life with that than maybe, you know, sort of forcing myself to stick with one thing. I think it's really important for people to find places and spaces where they can be themselves. And that's that's not about being sort of equal, because equality means that we're all the same. And we're not all the same. We're all different. And within that difference, you're going to find people who have a similar, different interest. So, you know, I personally think that society should reflect that difference, you know, that, that cultural diversity, regardless of whether you're trans, whether you're gay, whether you're black, whether you're a woman, you know, whether you're disabled or, or you know, whatever. And it, and it seems to me that the, the biggest sphere that we have to contend with it, this, is this heteronormative ideology that, you know, hey, we're the same. We can all get married. We can all have access to the same things. Well, you know, not all of us want to get married. And just because that law is there, why should just two guys who want to live together, you know, why should we be penalised because we don't want to adopt a particular ideal just because it happens to be available, you know? We've reached the end of the show. Nothing more to say, really, but... to say, really, but... The RVT has been um, with us for about 150 years. And for most of that time, it's been known as a as a gay bar um, or a bar frequented by homosexuals. And so it's with great thrill that I'm sort of a part of that rich uh, and varied heritage. You know, it's the first place that I really sort of came out um, to and, and felt very much at home with, with a bunch of people who I really felt sort of were my, my kind of peers and, dare I say, family. There need to be spaces where, where you can feel safe to find yourself because by doing that, you then empower yourself to feel more confident in, in the wider world. Hey, right, guys. Hands up. Let the fuckers get you down. Thank you and good luck. Tim's story was produced by Rob Eagle. His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we're going next. <laughs>